like pretty much try to ignore what people think about me in the sense of like, I'm not going to listen to that. I am not going to care. Like their opinion, good or bad, is not going to affect me. Like I don't want even like their praise to affect me and I don't want the negative comments to affect me. Like Mm. I want to be level-headed the entire time. So I think that helps with imposter syndrome because it makes me think less about what other people are thinking so I can really just focus on myself and not deal with the noise. Hey there, gals. Hey there, gals. And welcome back to another episode of The Gals Guide. We are a dating and lifestyle podcast. My name is Hannah, and I am afraid of rejection. And my name is Emily, and I love rejecting people. And And welcome welcome to to our podcast. podcast. So I have stuff I am ready to fucking get into it, talk about. I know at The Bachelor it happened. Some dude was there for the fucking wrong intentions. Big whoop. Shocker. Um someone cried i know it um that's your recap ta-da uh i really just <laughs> I literally do not care i think they rolled around it, so. in some mud um oh. they wore cowboy hats fighting boys being immature Love it. wrap up okay so um cruel summer if you're not watching it get on it what are you waiting for i need everybody on this podcast if you listen to this podcast you are also a fan of cruel summer that is if you're a gal scout you're also a cruel summer fan like there's no and if or but about it the finale i'm like I'm dead ass serious, y'all. Like, I know it's a fucking free form show, but these bitch ass writers need a damn Emmy. Like, I haven't seen writing this well in a very long time. Like, I'm talking breaking bad level writing. <laughs> okay, that might be an exaggeration. I literally only have the finale left, so I'm so like, excited. I, here's the thing. And, like, this is me also coming at it as a film person, a filmmaker. Not only with this show did I love the cinematography, the writing, the acting, immaculate. Olivia Holt, God bless that woman. She is just killing it, acting her heart out, doing a great job. But I love the suspense of it. I love the editing of it, the different timelines, all of that. If you haven't heard know anything about the show, uh, please go watch it. Uh, (laughs) And we've also talked about it so much on this podcast. It's basically set in the nineties about a popular teen girl goes missing. Another girl who is considered an outcast and a weirdo slowly becomes the most popular girl in school to shortly after the most hated person in the entire United States. Uh, it's really, really intertwined in the way that it's written with these different years, but it's easy to tell apart regardless just go listen to it. Go watch it. Um, go listen to our episodes where we've talked about it before. But basically, season finales are hard. As a screenwriter in television, season finales are hard. Wrap-ups are hard because, especially with season finales, a lot of people either wrap it up too neatly to where there's no potential for a season two. Mm. Because this is the thing. They don't leave it like messy enough. It's Well, you don't want to leave it too messy because right. there's also the chance that you're only one season. Yeah, and you need you're, like you're a not, good... Like, it's really bad when you leave it so untangled to where it's not closed off enough to where if you don't get renewed the next season, your viewers are left on this complete cliffhanger. And it's not fair to anybody. I don't think it's fair to the actors. I don't think it's fair to the writers. It's not fair to the creators or the audience that's watching it. I like to be left on something that like I feel like it ended, but I could also see potential then for you would more. Like, you would like okay. the finale okay. of, the, of Cruel Ooh. Summer. Because I will use the show Big Little Lies, for example, because it's been out for a long enough. It's a show you should watch on HBO Max. Highly recommend. It was originally a miniseries, but they did have a season two when they should not have. 
clear-cut example of why someone should not have a season two because the season finale was wrapped up so perfectly tied a little bow on it i was happy i was content these characters lives were completely wrapped up no questions there are no plot holes and i felt like i could lead these characters comfortably and not wonder what was going to happen next but there was a little suspense at the end like you see that all the girls like the family sitting on the beach happy with their lives moving on from this tragic event that happened Mm -hmm. but you're seeing it as a third-party viewer through a pair of binoculars so like somebody's watching them oh okay so like you see them wrapped up but there's also that suspense of like who's watching these women like who's watching them now kind of thing um so it added suspense for a season two in case they got renewed and i think cruel summer does the same thing like man they type every single fucking question i had there's not a single plot hole and this is coming from the same network that gave us pretty little liars which is like the queen of plot holes like i'm talking like and quick, also seasons i mean how many sand, seasons of quicksand everywhere everywhere you look there was quicksand <laughs> with that damn show and I, I will never get over how dare marlene king ruined that show regardless um Cruel Summer, they didn't do that um, because they're smart and the writers are smart. Like, this is a thing. Like, this is a show that I love so much. I would love to write for, but I also don't want to write for because I know I would ruin it. Not like I would ruin, like, the writing. Like, the bar has been set so high. I would no longer enjoy it. Yeah, exactly. I would not be able to sit back and enjoy it. And, like, that's the thing. When I love a show that much, I'm like, I don't want to touch it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to touch it. I mm-hmm. want to have something. I would love to be an assistant on the show. So, um, you know, if there's any like body that works on um, Freeform or Cruel Summer um, and needs like a production or office assistant or a writer's assistant, you know, like I'm available. Um, it's fine. But uh, yeah, get on the show. Get on the show. That that's that is the news for today. Um, Olivia Holt, ma'am, you are. Did you know she's also a singer? I feel like I did. I get like I feel like I've heard that name. Speaking of Olivia's, um, Olivia O'Brien also came out with a new album. I mean, Olivia's are killing Olivia. it lately. Mm. <laughs> They're killing it lately. But <laughs> Olivia O'Brien, ma'am, where did this album come from? Like, it's a little spicy. It's, a it's little sad. also called episodes. I know. So it's like, how many are there? I am upset. How many are season there? one is great. Season one of Cruel Summer is great. Season one of Olivia O'Brien's album is great. Like I'm living for this MCU that we have created. <laughs> this music cinematic universe We're here for that it. we have created. I am here for it. I'm living. But I it, this is not my captivation of the week, but I will say if you haven't listened to the album, go listen. Oh, what is this song? No more friends. That no one's more a friends banger. Is a bop. That one's a banger. I also would recommend my favorite is keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Keep it moving. That's about to be my hot girl summer anthem. We love a hot girl summer anthem. Hands down. It is a bop. And I, I mean, I have other captivations, but I just wanted to quickly talk about that. I need to see Olivia O'Brien and Olivia Rodrigo on a tour together because their songs kind of like had the same feeling, like keep it moving. And like deja vu would mm-hmm. be great together and no more friends. And like, Good for you. Mm-hmm. Match Same together. Vibes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's going to mm-hmm. be Taylor and Olivia, but maybe the other Olivia will also be. Olivia like, Holt can also join in on this with yeah, her music. Yeah. Like, have the Olivia all the world Olivias tour. and then Taylor. Taylor, Taylor yeah, Taylor's yeah. just going to run the world. That's totally Just young. have all the Olivias together. All I mean, Olivias. it's like, I can't escape this fucking name. I'm just going to be real with you. I can't escape the damn name. Yeah, you definitely I see can't. that name everywhere. It's everywhere. I go now. My character's name, my film was also named Olivia. Mm-hmm. I, I, it's it, your alias. Yeah, it's my alias. Like, whenever I go places. Mm-hmm. Um, before I'm in my film, I used to tell people, like, my name was Olivia. If I didn't want them to know my real name. Yep. Um, I've was, been there when you've done it. Yeah. It's funny. And it's, I, I always encourage it. Do you have an alias? 
I need one. We need one for Hannah. If you have a Sophia. I could I could see a Sophia. Or a, mm. a Sophia or mm-hmm. I know. Why don't why don't you guys like let us know? Let us know what my a Josephine? Is Josephine, that makes me think of American Girl dolls. I think that was actually one of the ones that I like one of the books that Tiff. I had. Tip. <laughs> makes me think of back to the 80s tiffany. when i was tiffany oh my god tiffany i did kind of look like a tiffany mm-hmm. okay maybe it's tiff name's tiff mm. you need a last name i don't i'm not giving out my last name to anybody tiffany grace no i'm Just olivia tiffany. gray that's my name tiffany and if you have an alias let us know i would love to know yes. what your alias is because it. i'm sure there's a ton of girls that have them um that they give out to like creepy guys at bars um but yeah Mm-hmm. Tiffany mm-hmm. and Olivia need to go out and to the bars sometime soon okay. and like I love utilize it. this. I definitely will. We could start asking the girls at the bars like what your code name should be. Oh my gosh, we should like have a poll. We should have a running like yeah. I'm here for it. We're gonna do that. We're gonna you're gonna see like on a poll Instagram story. On our, yeah, mm-hmm. um, what Hannah's code name should be. Mm-hmm. But if they listen to this podcast, they're gonna be fucked. <laughs> yep, yep. It's okay though. It's okay. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Honestly, I took off that I have a podcast off of my dating profiles because I was tired of that being like the top like oh, question yeah. asked. Like, like, oh my god, what's your podcast about? It's like dating, and it's like, am I gonna be on it? No, probably. but if you treat me badly, you will be. Um, it's like everybody's like Taylor Swift. Like, why do you write songs about men? It's like, well, if men stop doing these bad things, then I wouldn't have to write songs about them. If you stop doing bad things, then you wouldn't have to become a fucking character on this damn show. Exactly. Like, that's what it comes down to. When I talk about, like, first dates, like, I'm never worried about if a guy's going to like me or not. I'm worried if I'm going to have to turn them into a film later on or not. Film. A film, a character. a character on this fucking podcast. Like, purely, I only date for you guys. I just hope you are aware of that. I'm I mean, only dating for the content. But, I mean, that's what I really wanted to talk about this week. <laughs> hey, I'm here for it. It just makes me really want to, like, watch it. And I'm about to go on, on like, a terribly long drive, so... I probably won't be able to watch it until I get back from Florida. You need, so. No, we cannot wait that long. Okay, okay. You have to watch it tonight. I have to fit it in some. We, I, we cannot wait that long. I need Good someone. Lord. Because you know our nail well, let girl. Me, let, me watch nail it, girl let me watch also, it tomorrow. Because our nail girl also watches the show. Okay, well, I'll, wa- I'll have to watch it tomorrow while I'm like finish wrapping up packing. Because I have too much to do tonight to, to watch yeah. anything. Because our nail girl also watches I'm it. I'm going to see her tomorrow. <sighs> she's going to want to talk about it's it. Okay, well, she's going to have to wait. Because I told her that you watch it. She's going to have to wait. <laughs> and she's doing my toes, too. We're going to have to find some things to talk about that's not cruel summer. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cruel. <laughs> I know. I know. What a good one. But yeah, how's your week been? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I think I actually do have a stalker. An update. Um, update. So everything was going fine for like a week and I hadn't seen said stalker. And then I like told everyone yesterday that I guess everything's blown over. Like haven't seen him. So I get to, (laughs) I get to work early this morning to do some paperwork and I'm driving towards the road and I see this man like walking in the opposite direction. Didn't really think anything of it. I was like, Hmm, I wonder if that's that guy. There's no dog. No, you know, I can't really see it's the back of his head turned down my road to go park in front of our office and he must hear me coming down the road because he like turns and then quickly turns again and immediately changes his path to walk to my office. And I said, nope, we're not doing this today. And I just continued to drive. 
and I drove to another location to do work until one of my coworkers came and picked me up and I rode to work with her. <laughs> I left my car in a parking and lot. And she told me all this and I was like, well, why you're not at work? Go by Walmart and buy pepper spray. Yeah. No one, in, no one is excited about it. I'm not excited about it. I felt very uncomfortable, but I am not afraid to F a guy up. That's all I got to say. I literally asked you, I was like, I was like do, you, do, you, do you think you can take him? Like, oh, 100%. I played softball for like 10 years. I got right. him. I got again, him. Again, why do we not carry a bat? I, you know what? Car? I'm about to go get a bat. Like, I'm about to go get one of my old bats from when I played softball. <laughs> and it's going to stay in my car. Because I ain't not playing. I'm not playing. Keep it in the backseat of your car. Because I promise you, if he walks near you and you just whip that baby out, like, mm, best bet, baby. <laughs> go off Harley Quinn. Be like, what's up? Be like, hmm, come at me now, bitch. Like, come at me i'll beyonce in the whole um hold up yeah. music video yeah yeah mm. literally this is just a psa that like stranger danger like should trickle into your adult life like don't talk to people don't be nice this is why i'm a bitch this yeah, is why i'm I literally people, going to begin to be one this because is i why cannot I tell people i am not nice i'm kind on occasion i'm yeah. not a nice person though like yeah. i do not tolerate like stranger danger like, yeah absolutely yes. i do not tolerate yeah people random teach people your children to and also teach your co-workers because obviously i'm having to teach everyone a lesson oh, now yeah, like, we don't I, speak to people we, none of the girls that i work with none of us walk out by ourselves um and yeah, if we're we not have to anymore. if we have to um my co-workers are always like please text me when you get to your car mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um so yeah yeah we've been doing the buddy even system. in broad daylight yeah yeah and yeah, so today well, you was, know, like, girls today in big was cities, not great. Like, begin their, like, Achilles fucking, like, nicked and shit underneath their cars. Yeah, no. Oh, God, don't tell me that. Now I'm going to be paranoid. Well, well like, you have car. an SUV, I think you're going to be able to see underneath well, your yeah, car. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Especially if you're walking. I always, I'm, like, looking yeah, from I'm, far I've away. Now, I've now parked a new location. Um, I ha- learned that um, he can see our office from his house. There's, like, oh, a hole. Great. Love that. Um, in the buildings, like not in the building, not in the actual building. There's a like hole, a hole in this building. Between, there's like space between houses. So, um, yeah, I'm not feeling too wonderful about it. But um, what can you do? Because if I were to report anything, they would just say he hasn't done anything. So that's where I am uh, with that. But I'll keep you guys updated because if it happens again, we might be, <laughs> he might catch these fiery hands. <laughs> Yo. What's your captivation this week, though? Captivation is the show Little Fires Everywhere. Okay, you actually got into Okay, that? so I finally got into it. And I have it. I watched like two episodes. Really I really like, like yeah. it. I think parts of it are kind of cringy, just like some of the like topics and how they have approached them in a sense, I guess. But Reese Witherspoon's character cringed me out a lot. Yeah, I was like, her I, her whole her whole vibe is really cringy. Like yeah. how she asks Mia's mom to like work for them in their house. Like that whole conversation is just really cringy. And but I mean I'm, like, I'm I sure lo- but I'm sure Carrie. it's like one of those oh. Carrie I love Washington. Carrie Washington's character, though. She, her and her daughter. Oh my, and that well, show. Well, just Carrie mm. Washington in general. But like, I love their dynamic. I love their story. I love everything about it. But I'm really also intrigued by Isabel, the youngest daughter of Enrique's household. Okay. Um. But yeah, I am like on episode like five or six. So I so far I'm really liking it. I will keep you updated as I complete the series or the season or whatever it is. I think it's um, a mini series. I think it is too, but. So far, so far it's really, it's got my attention now. I'm kind of like, hmm, I need to know what's, okay. hap- what's so happening. So then, like, if you like that, watch Big Little Lies on I HBO will. with Max. I it's will. A mini- Don't watch think, season two. 
Yeah, I know Meryl Streep's on season two, and like Meryl Streep never does television, and so like it's iconic as he's seen Nicole Kidman versus Meryl Streep, like it's iconic fight that you want to you have front row seats to. Um, but I fucking hate season two. That's just me okay. though. Okay. Um, but and, uh, or if I watch it, just know like this one's not the best one. Yeah, I don't and feel then, like I could. So I don't feel like I personally could skip a season. So here's the reason I don't like season two because so season one was directed by Jean-Marc Vallée, who also directed Sharp Optics. Jean-Marc Vallée is an amazing director, mm-hmm. um, visionary. So for season two, I forget her name. I think her name is Andrea. They hired a female director for season two. Rightfully so. The female director, uh, I, her name slipped my mind. I hate that. Um, she's really good. But Jean-Marc Vallée would not let her have creative control over the season. So like it it feels overplayed. Like mm. it feels so constrained and everything because mm-hmm. Jean-Marc Vallée was the head editor on season two. So then and why so, didn't he just direct it hbo wanted a new like with miniseries you would have a new director like usually with any tv show you have a new director for every episode um you don't have the same director yeah that's the thing that's why the head writer is the person in charge not the director in television so like you could have okay so like let me deep dive really quick so like you could have a job on a tv show as a director and then the next day you wouldn't have that job because somebody else would be for the next episode yeah that's what peter my um mentor he's directed like five episodes of like law and order yeah he hasn't directed i mean that's still amazing like so incredibly awesome and like how cool but like holy cow i didn't realize that i thought they did the entire series no no that's why like you like you see episodes of like so many directors listed yeah oh and that's why you see um like sometimes like this like the star of the show will direct an episode like usually okay. last season something okay. like that yeah um, interesting okay I did not yeah, know that's that why wow, I learned something new today that's why I am I want to do television because writers are the um they're, they're yeah yeah they're the ones who have creative control and everything because it's so much it's so changing and right. the head writer um is the creator of the show they're the showrunner they create the whole dynamic of the show and the whole world so um they are the ones in charge and they bring in directors that controlled the like this this episode like they're gonna you know had this whole vision for it and everything like that um and that's why like cert- certain episodes feel different from some people and everything like that it all depends um and that's a whole another thing i could get into that i'm not going to but um yeah jean marvelli was the head editor on season two uh big little lies and so he really controlled on um the director's narrative i gotta look up her name really quickly it's gonna bother me if i don't Andrea, uh, Andrea Arnold, I was right. Look at you. Um, so Andrea Arnold, um, he basically controlled her whole narrative. Like there's supposed to be a scene where Reese Witherspoon threw an ice cream cone at Meryl Streep and it was cut from the season because Jean-Marc Vallée didn't like it. Didn't feel like it fit the characters. It's like, you're not the creator of the show. You didn't write the show. Liam Moriarty did. So like, why? What? Yeah, that's my tangent of why I don't like season two. Nice. Okay, so watch season two, but just watch it with the thought process that, that this, Jean-Marc Valley is a dick. That this lady <laughs> didn't even have creative control. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, because it's like, even though, like, yeah, new directors come in and everything, they're the director. They have creative control of the episode. Now they still have to run it by the showrunner, but Jean-Marc Valley was not the showrunner. Liam Moriarty was. He was just <laughs> in charge of editing and didn't like it. Yeah. Ew, annoying. Yeah. So... Nice. Love um, that. But he did do a great job with season one, and he did do a great job with Sharp Objects, which is also a great show. Um, it's a fucked up show. If you like Cruel Summer, you would like Sharp Objects. I probably need to watch Sharp Objects. <laughs> you told me about this that show That one's before. a miniseries, and that Amy Adams, ma'am, that ma'am deserves a fucking award already. She does not have an Oscar. At all, period? No. She's what? just only been nominated. Fucking Amy Adams. She deserves one already. Yeah, she's, she's done too she many things She deserves that. She deserves an Emmy. She does not have an award. No. Wow, that is mind-boggling. Yeah, it's like Leonardo DiCaprio all over again. 
just ridiculous. So my captivation. I was going to say, what's your captivation? <laughs> my captivation is Amy Adams. <laughs> no. Um, also, yeah, she was just in the film Girl in the Window. Don't watch it. It's a bad film. It, terrible oh. ratings. Um, oh. It's like a ripoff of Rear Window, which is Alfred Hitchcock's best film, in my opinion. You will disagree with me on that. I know other people will bite me. Um, anyways, I am a pale girl. We know this. <laughs> We do know this. I am a ginger. I'm pale. I've been pale my whole life. I'm always the first shade in any foundation. Like, I've adapted to this life. We know this. Um, but for the first time ever in my life, I used self-tanner. Like, I've used it, like, once or twice before, like, on my legs, but never my full body. I know. When you texted me, you're like, I'm, I'm self-tanning tonight. I was like, I literally, in my mind, I was like, I wonder if she's just doing, like, her leg. Because <laughs> you always, like, have to test it out. Yeah, which is which is which is fair, and I can always because you're fair. I <laughs> see what I did there. Okay. Oh my god. Anyways, <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I usually will just do my legs to test it out, and but, I have yeah. like jeans I can put on to cover it up if it looks bad and everything. Exactly. But I took a risk because Miss JC Marie Smith of What We Said Podcast recommended the Saint Tropez, Ashley Graham, Self Tanner, and Baby Mama is looking tan. <laughs> it looks great. I love it. It's all new me. My foundation actually matched my neck and the rest of my body. <laughs> Oh my gosh, I'm dying. Which never happens. Do you know how I can be like the fairest fucking shade and still not have a fucking match and a foundation? I know, I know. It's still, like Dior fucking hates me. And what do I foundation do I have on today? Dior. It looks so, like it, it, you're glowing. You look you. like you thank have you. been sun I have, I have a couple breakouts, but we're, we're still vibing. We're still good. Um, Literally wouldn't have even noticed. You can tell though that I am not a self-tanner um, because my elbows look like baked chicken. Um, <laughs> With like a lot of seasoning. <laughs> like they look like a rotisserie chicken skin. With like seasoned salt. Yeah. Um, and then my feet, um, we're not going to comment on them. I'm just wearing tennis shoes. We're not wearing flip-flops right now. Um, but it's really hard to get like the ankles, the wrists and, and the I elbows. Moisturized, but I think I maybe moisturized. I think I moisturized too, too much. much and didn't let it give it time to absorb into those areas. Um, but yeah, the color is immaculate. It's not too dark. Like it's like a healthy medium. Um, but I think I look, I think I look good. I think you yeah. do too. Definitely. I don't look dead. <laughs> you have some life to you. I do. Like I look like I've been outside, which mm-hmm. I never go. Yeah. 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 yeah it's <laughs> okay are, though. It's okay. I have a vitamin D deficiency. It's fine. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I need to try this because the last time I did, I only left it on for like three hours. Yeah. I left it on for nine hours. I slept with it on. I need to do it. I'm either going to do it tonight or tomorrow night before my trip, just so that I have a little base to continue to burn on. <laughs> Get burnt chicken skin. Burnt chicken skin. Mm. Yes. And so before we get into today's guest that we are so excited about, we have a fellow Charlotte girl on the podcast Yee-yee. today. This is Natalie Barbu. She is a influencer. She's a podcaster. She is a marketing queen. Uh, she is a social media queen. Like she is killing it. We are so excited to have her on the podcast today. But before we get into all that, we want to do a little bit of housekeeping. Make sure you guys are following us on our Instagram at the Gals Guide Pod and also on our personal social medias. Mine is at Emily Elise. And mine is at Hannah Nicole Adams. And also make sure you guys, if you're listening on 
Apple, you guys give us a rating, five stars, give us a little sentence, and you know, we love you gals, you're fantabulous, um, I'm a fellow Gal Scout for life. Uh, Tell us your zodiac sign, like any any of the things. You know, (laughs) pledge allegiance to us, I don't know, like... Give us a fun fact. I have no idea. Um, <laughs> just give us a little remark. Um, make sure you hit subscribe. And if you're listening on Spotify, also subscribe as well. Share the podcast. Text it to a friend. We know you guys relate so much to these stories and we love hearing your feedback. So make sure you guys share with a friend and like get them involved. But get a gal scout. Make it a whole family thing. We love it. We also have a Facebook group. It's a secret Facebook community. It's the Gal Scouts. Um, if you go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash the gal's guide um you may be able to find like a link to it and join and like become a gal scout and like it's the coolest club on the internet and so without further ado let's get into our interview with natalie all righty gals so zooming into the home studio today she is the founder of we bloom social and host of the real real podcast where she interviews impeccable entrepreneurs and influencers alike her following has cultivated over 356,000 subscribers on YouTube and Instagram combined. She is also a local North Carolinian as well. Everyone, please welcome Natalie Barbu. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for coming on our show. We have like been obsessed with you like for so, like since like you started like YouTube like back in those days and everything. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like watching your vlogs. So thank like, you. That is so sweet. It's like a little bit of like a fangirl moment yeah. for us. <laughs> Oh my God. No, you guys are so sweet. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to be on this podcast. Thank you for carving out your time. And you're currently in Miami. Uh, I'm so jealous. I wish I was anywhere but North Carolina right now. <laughs> <laughs> I heard it's really hot today there. Oh, it's so hot. <laughs> the humidity is, I'm sure it's probably, humidity is like also like terrible in Miami as well. <laughs> yeah. It's actually um, less hot here. Here, I'm not going to say cooler because it's still 82 degrees, but it's not 90, so. (laughs) Valid, honestly. Um, But before we kind of like dive into today's interview with you, because we have like a ton of questions because we're so intrigued by your entire career. um, We like to ask our guests what their captivation of the week is. So whether that is a specific product, an app, um, a film, music, whatever it may be that you are just completely captivated by at the moment. And we would love to know what yours might be. Oh, that's a good question. Um, what I've been obsessed with is these products. It's from Coco and Eve and it's a self tanner mm-hmm. and they have these bronzing drops that you can like tan your face with. So it is literally makes your face so tan because I wear sunscreen every day on my face and I, my face is so pale compared to my body. So these bronzing drops will make your face super, super tan and like it's a natural tan and it's a glow and it's my new like skincare favorite because I don't really like wearing that much makeup. So as long as I like feel like glowy naturally, yeah, that's the best. So I really, really love that. So that one I think would be like my current obsession or what what do you call it current captivation captivation Captivation. yeah current captivation that's actually really good because um the isle paradise drops have been sold out for like weeks now (laughs) and like i'm getting paranoid so i'm definitely probably going to go check those out and we will leave a link in the show notes for like all the listeners as well for you guys to go and check them out too but yeah i mean starting off like one you went to nc state and you majored in what type of engineering that did you major in I did industrial engineering. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. What led you from going from being an industrial engineer um, to 
owning your own like social media company, doing yeah. YouTube, being an influencer, like what, like what was your career trajectory and like, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah. So I actually started on YouTube before I went to college. So I was still doing YouTube when I was in college, when I was deciding on my major and Truthfully, when I decided on my major, it was a really heavy influence, I would say, by my parents because both my parents were industrial engineers. And so I think they ha- they're also immigrants. So I think the immigrant mentality is like you go to school to get a really good job, to get a good education, to get, you know, it's like it's not about your passion. It's very mm-hmm. much about getting a good job. Like if you're get- paying this much money for school, like at least get a job that like pays you in the end. So Truthfully, I really majored in engineering because that was kind of what my parents did. I felt like I was good at math. I was, I knew I would get a good job. I, I liked problem solving and I was interested in it. And I really wasn't into anything else besides fashion. And my parents were like, yeah, we're, you're not going to school for fashion. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I guess I'll go for engineering. Um, and I'm now so thankful because I think I would have been so miserable as a fashion major because I realized that like, I don't nothing against fashion majors at all. I have so many friends that were, that did it, but personally, I don't even, I'm not like even the biggest like fashion fanatic anymore. I think Mm -hmm. I just was when I was younger and now it's like, I'm so much more into like problems, problem solving or like starting a business or like being an entrepreneur. And like, I don't care that much about fashion anymore. So I'm so thankful that I did not do that, but that's pretty much why I did industrial engineering. And so after college, I got a job in consulting because it was a very broad job. It was a good job. I I felt like I could like do a little, kind of like dip my toe into a bunch of different industries and see what I liked. And so I got a job there at Accenture and after about nine months, I was only on one project. So I did not dip my toe in many industries. I only did one, but I was on one project. And after nine months, I really was not happy at my job. I was constantly stressed. I was constantly overwhelmed. And thankfully I was able to do YouTube full time at that point. So I decided to quit my job and I also never wanted to be a full-time YouTuber. Like I'm Mm. grateful that I can be a full-time YouTuber and I'm grateful that, that it like supports me financially, but I never want that to be my only job. Like I always want to do something else. I've always wanted to start my own business or, you know, run my own thing. And I've always looked for that. And YouTube has given me that like leg up or like, I guess it's giving me that platform and it's giving me that step, but like it's never something I wanted to stop at. So I quit that so that I could have time to focus on other ventures and other businesses. And I wanted to start a social media agency because that's something that I've always loved and I was good at. And I wanted to help brands and connect with influencers and do influencer marketing campaigns. And so that's kind of where I got the idea. So I started with just helping influencers connect with brands. And then I kind of wanted to do the other side of it where it was like brands connecting with influencers and Mm -hmm. uh, helping brands on their social media strategy. And so I felt like that's something that it's definitely a rise. Like a lot of people are looking for that service. And so it was kind of like, I I was, once I quit, I was like, okay, that's what I'm going to do. Like, that's what I'm going to try starting. So I tried doing a lot of different things like within social media strategy. And so that's kind of how we bloom came about and how I went from industrial engineering to social media. (laughs) (laughs) It's just really interesting, especially to hear you say that you didn't want YouTube to be your full-time job, because I think so many people who are on YouTube specifically, like that is, especially nowadays, I feel like that's a lot of people's like overall goal is to get to the point where they can leave their full-time job and be a full-time influencer or a full-time like YouTuber. Um, and 
I, I always appreciate, I guess, also when somebody else has like a separate job outside of YouTube. And I think a lot of fans do as well too, because it makes you more relatable, I think mm-hmm. in a way. And it also just makes your content like more interesting, especially when you're doing vlogs like you do. Like it just, we're not seeing the same like shopping around NYC today kind of thing. Like yeah. you know, you're di- you're giving it in, like an inside perspective into like what you're doing, like with your company and everything and yeah. allowing like people who want to do the same kind of thing, especially with your podcast. I mean, you're doing the same exact thing where you're giving that inside look into the behind the scenes. Cause you often say like, you want to see like everything. You just don't want to see like the highlight reel of mm-hmm. it, which I right. think a lot of people on YouTube and like Instagram and everything sometimes do, but it's refreshing to see like behind the scenes, like de like decloaking. Like the, yeah, like the ups and the downs of it too. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, and don't get me wrong. Like, I love that I'm able to do it full time. Like, it's not like I was, I'm like, oh, I don't want to do YouTube full time. Like I want to do YouTube forever, but I never want that to be my only thing. And I yeah. never want that to be like my main source of income, even though it is right now. That's not my goal for like, that's not my end goal. Like that was kind of just like, okay, I'm glad that I have this because it allows me to do something right. else then. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it allows you, I'm sure to take breaks at some moments um, and not feel like you have to like constantly like be like grinding 24 um, seven. Like if you were to ever like something was to ever happened to like your company or anything like that, like you were able to like, I have this to fall back on still mm-hmm. and like have that like safety net in a way, which I think is nice. Right. Um, right. Speaking of We Bloom and you also have a new app coming out it's in beta right now correct not yet it's going to be in beta in September so we're working on developing I actually got a text right before this um podcast that our developer said that um he's one of the co-founders he said first bit of rela code in the air so (laughs) there's like actual code to it now and like it's the beta should be out in September it's so exciting and for listeners um the app is called rela correct yes Yeah. yeah Um, and it's helping with like micro influencers. So not just like huge, big ones. Correct. I'm, I'm, I'm not <laughs> right. a tech person. So I'm just making sure that like, I was like, I watched her vlogs and I was like, I'm just making sure that I am like transcribing this like correctly and everything. Um, but what inspired you to want to start, um, one we bloom and then now this new app as well too, and like get into that side of, um, the influencer like marketing world. So with Rella, we really wanted to target micro influencers because we realized that they were a very underserved market. I feel like there's, I mean, there are literally millions of micro influencers in the world and they're not being, I guess, like catered to as much. Like I feel Mm -hmm. like brands are wanting to work with them, but there's nothing that's helping micro influencers out. It's literally like you're throwing them out in the ocean and like they're trying to swim on their own and trying to navigate these brand deals and navigate these contracts and there's no tools for them. And aside from micro influencers, there's just no tools for influencers in general that are really that good. Like Mm. there's some management tools, there's some marketplaces, but I've been in the influencer industry for 10 years. My friends have been in the influencer industry for a really long time. I have worked with influencers on the brand side of things and the literally like just face-to-face with influencers. And there's just nothing out there that is like what I was envisioning in my head to help manage your social media. And so that's kind of where I got the idea with Rella and why I also wanted to target micro influencers because I really thought that they were an underserved market in the influencer industry, which is huge. So 
that's kind of how it got started. And I feel like whenever I have something in my head, I'm like, okay, how do I do this? Like, I'm like, okay, I want this like app to be a thing, but I don't know anything about apps. I don't know how to code. I don't, I'm not technical. I don't know how to raise money. Cause I know I'm like, <laughs> I can't, you can't build an app without money. Like, unless you oh, yeah. are like mega, 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 mega rich, you have to have some capital and it's really hard. I'm not going to say it's impossible, but it is really hard to do it without raising actual money from like angel investors or friends and family or whatever it is. Yeah. So I've never done that before. You know, it's all of these things that were so new to me. So that's kind of how I found my co-founders was when I was like asking those questions and looking for help. And it's been really, really helpful finding co-founders that can like help navigate this with me. And also starting a business is so freaking hard that having someone to celebrate like the wins with or like talk about the losses with is also super nice absolutely that was not your question but no, but still, <laughs> no, no, like, still love the answer still great it still works <laughs> I was like wait how did I get to talk about my co-founders okay but that's why I started Rella I Feel I'm free. so sorry I'm not no. I'm not all over the place usually and like it's six o'clock whoever's listening to this is recorded at 6 p.m I'm like <laughs> Feel free to do as many tangents as you'd like. It's we totally fine. All the time. Trust me, this podcast is 25% advice, 75% venting and ranting. So okay, I love it then. That's definitely good. my type of podcast. <laughs> so you took a huge jump from leaving your consulting job to like doing um, all of this um, basically as full time and being like your own boss. And you've mentioned before that you like really just wanted to be your own boss more than anything. Um, what was that jump like? like? Like, were you like nervous or hesitant at all? And like, did you like really struggle with like a work-life balance at first or was the transition more gradual for you? So to be honest, I was, I was nervous, but I also felt like I was really prepared. So I wasn't that nervous. Like I was, I was a little nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, like, what are people going to think? I honestly was more nervous about what people were going to think than anything else. Like I knew I had my family support. I knew I had my friends support, but it was like, I had all these vlogs. I was like working vlogs and I felt like that became my brand. And I was just like, what am I going to do? Like I'm relying on this now, but like, what if people don't want to watch it? So that was what I was definitely most nervous about, but I was also prepared because I knew that I didn't only want to do YouTube. So I knew I was going to be like working on other things in my content and just in my life in general. But also I saved up a ton of money to be able to quit my job. So I saved up like six months of expenses of living expenses so that if something happens and if I made no money, once I quit, like I was able to still survive and then like find time to get a new job, you know? So Mm. I also knew like I had something to fall back on. Like I had a degree, I had experience. I was still working, you know, like YouTube is still a job and a business. And like, if I was working on anything else, like that's still a job and a business. So like, it wasn't like I was just taking a gap year, you know? And so I think for me, I wasn't that worried. I was like, worst comes to worst. I need to find a new job. Like, so be it. Like I'll find a new job in six months, like whatever. So I honestly, thankfully was not that nervous, but I also was very prepared. Like I never recommend people to just quit their job and like, with no plan or with no money or with no, you know, like no money is not everything, but I, I think it causes a lot of stress and it causes a lot of people to, you know, be unhappy if they like can't afford their rent or they can't pay their bills. Like it is important. Like you can't just ignore it. So I always recommend like have like six months of expenses saved up or have like income already coming in. Don't like quit and then try to start something like 
start something while you're working and then quit when you're able to, you know? So yeah, I, I always recommend people to be prepared because on YouTube, it might seem like, oh my God, she just quit randomly. This was a thing I was thinking about for, I'm not kidding, like six months before I quit. And I was only working there for nine months. Like I like, was like, <laughs> I'm like gonna... hey. <laughs> yeah, I was like, get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> two months in, you're like, yikes, like God. <laughs> All right. No, so I'm really, already like... planning my exit plan. Cool. Love this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it really was like that though. I was like, All right. All right, I don't think not for me. <laughs> yeah. This ain't it. This ain't it. No. Yeah. I, I was planning it for a long, long time. It was not as far of the moment this decision, but I didn't mention it on YouTube until I was done. Just yeah, to, right. until I was like a hundred percent done. Yeah. Like yeah. I think a lot of times, especially on our podcast, I've mentioned how many times that I'm moving to Los Angeles by like the end of the year. And it, I just started announcing that I'm doing that. And it's like, mm-hmm. I have been planning this move since I was literally 18. So like 10 years, I've been saving for 10 years. And to hear six months, perfect. I have well more than six months. I have a whole year of expenses oh. saved up. Yeah, <laughs> that's good. That yeah. is good. So I'm like, I could literally not have a job for a whole year. I don't plan on not having a job for a full year, but like. Exactly. That's just like. I would be too scared if I, if I was like relying, like if I like, oh my God, I need to get paid or else I like can't pay rent or I can't like, I don't know, go out to dinner with my friend this one time. You know, like I, obviously I budgeted, but I wanted to make sure that like I was fine. Yeah. 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 Which is super important. And I think that's what we always talk about because we've talked about this like jump from like, you know taking the sleep and being like your own boss and like being an entrepreneur and like, you know, making like your like side hustle, like your actual job and everything. But like, there's so much planning that I don't think people like realize, um, that can take literally years sometimes for people. Um, I want to ask, cause I know like you're in a relationship and everything and we are a, still a dating podcast at the end of the day. Did it <laughs> like, when you made that jump, did it put like a strain like on your, any of your relationships or did it just only like make it better for you? Um, it made it a lot better actually because I had more free time. So me and my boyfriend have been long distance this entire time. And it's like when you're both working full-time jobs and this is before COVID. So you were in the office when you're working full-time jobs in the office, like it is hard to see each other because you, you have to buy a flight like Friday to Sunday or Thursday to Sunday. So not only do you have like a little bit of time, but you also have, you know, you also have to like pay for an expensive flight and some weekends are more expensive than not like every single flight to see him when he was living in Oklahoma City which he lived there for a year was like $350 like it was not cheap like it was not a cheap flight so like it was one of those things that's like okay if we're gonna see each other I want to at least like when I after I quit I was able to go on like a Tuesday morning if flights were cheaper you know so it wasn't like that Thursday to Sunday expensive rushed flight so it actually if anything made it better because I was able to stay for longer see him longer and also see him more frequently yeah Yeah. that's amazing um we want to kind of get into like what you've talked about I feel like recently like on your YouTube channel and on your podcast um which is something that we've always wanted to talk about and never really knew what to say and we feel like you did a great job at it which is rejection um it is something that she is all very terrified. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, 
I am out of the two of us. I am the impulsive one who will just up and move to California without a plan, but I decided to make a plan this time. Um, Which but, I'm very proud of you. Thank you. My thank type you. A personality is like, yes, thank, thank you. you. Thank yeah. you so much. Yeah. Um, like as soon as I graduated from college, I was like, Ooh, I could just, you know, move to New York city. And I was like, mm, I probably should have a plan first before I do that. But you really did a great job. I think explaining, um, handling rejection like because I think that how you explain it like it also is very like you can apply it to like dating you can apply it to like anything in your life and I think that a lot of people almost like self-reject in a way by like not allowing themselves to like do certain things it's just like well it's that imposter syndrome that you have like in the back of your head that's like you know I I don't fit in this like I wouldn't be applied for that job like there's no way I would get it like just automatically self-rejecting before even putting yourself out there and one of the, like the things that I try to live by is that I fear regret more than I fear rejection because mm-hmm. I would rather, you know, I would rather like, you know, do the thing and, you know, do it poorly if that's the case and have my answer than never do it. And then constantly wonder like if that was like the opportunity I was meant to take or if that was the person I was meant to date or the job I was mis- meant to um, have or whatever. Um, and so I would love for you to dive like a little bit like into that um and talk about like how you shifted your mindset from rejection to redirection yeah I mean I love what you said though about how you fear regret more than you fear rejection because I think that that is something that's like it's either one or the other you know like you're either gonna regret something because you didn't try or you're gonna get rejected and that's okay like it's it's fine you know like but you have to I would I need to start fearing regret more. Like, I think that's something that is a huge thing for me. Cause I get scared to like reach out to people, for example, like, I'm like, oh, I don't want to email them. Like that's, I'm probably going to annoy them. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Or they're not going to respond or all think like, Oh, well, like if they do respond, what am I going to say? Like, I'm like, what, what am I going to say if that, if yeah. I got on the phone with them? Like, I'm so nervous about that. And then, I'm then nervous if I, if I tell them like my pitch and they're like, it sucks. Like, you know, and like, <laughs> I'm like, so I'm just not going to do it from the first place. So I feel like having a fear of regret is so much healthier. Um, but I, I guess I started shifting it because I just started realizing like, okay, well, what if something really great comes out of this and I literally miss out on like an amazing opportunity because I'm just scared. So I kind of look at it as like, yeah, I look at the worst case scenario, worst case scenario, you reach out to someone, they don't respond. So what, you know, like, yeah, literally. So what? best case scenario, you reach out to someone and they respond and you make a connection and something comes out of it, you know? So like, I think once I started shifting the lens to like best case scenario and seeing like, oh my God, if I don't do this, like I might not like raise the money I need to raise for my company, you know, whatever. So like, I think once you start thinking of it as like best case scenario and you start like fantasizing and dreaming and like having all of these like goals in your head or like, I don't know, I think it's, it's good to dream and to dream big, then that's kind of how I started shifting my mindset by thinking of it that way. And I think you can look at it in any situation. Like I'm talking about it in a business sense, but like in a dating sense, like if let's say you want to reach out to someone and you don't reach out to them, like worst case scenario, they don't respond. Okay. That's it. Maybe a little, your self-esteem is a little hurt for a day. Like maybe, you know, like that's the worst case, but like best case. And I know I'm going to sound crazy, but like you get married and you have kids and you have You like, you, never know. <laughs> you get eloped. It's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like I know that's like far off into the future, but like, hey, it could happen. It could 
But it's such like an optimistic mindset and a much more positive instead of solely focusing like on the negative of like what's the worst that could happen. Well, for me, it's you could die. Um, that's like what the, that's literally the worst that could happen is that you literally die. But it shifts it into like literally like only thinking the positive. So it's almost like like you're manifesting like the positive outcome to it. Yeah, and you're putting your energy in that more positive light. So it's. I feel like in my cases, at least, like it almost makes it more likely to happen when you're only focusing on the positive outcome of it. And I mean, I also think like, you know, being realistic as well too. Like, you know, I always, I always try to feel like I, like when it comes to like dealing with rejection, not being attached to the outcome as well. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if this happens and this happens, like I'm fine with either one happening um, and not being so tied to like, Oh, the only the bad thing is gonna happen in a way, if that makes sense. Um, right. You've also had like your own personal experience like with rejection as well. And we've talked about it before on the podcast, like with colleges and mm-hmm. stuff like that. That was a huge <clears throat> thing. Yeah. I I wanted to be a music major and um I got rejected from and the, then the voice. The school. Oh, I wasn't even thinking the voice. <laughs> um and uh then I got into Belmont and Nashville and didn't go. And I regret that every day. Um, so oh. I'm like, oh, wow, awesome. <laughs> and then The Voice, same. They reached out to me like several times to come do like an audition with the producers to see if they would like want to push me further. I like bypasses the cattle call into the um, callback rounds. And they reached out like three different times. And every time I said no. And I was like, what the heck? So then I just wrote a song about it um, and released it myself. <laughs> you so. said no to The Voice? <laughs> they said no to me. Oh, mm-hmm. I thought you, I was like, why? why no, I went, I like that? went to like three different cities, did the whole Got audition it. bit. They said no. And I'm like, why do you keep reaching out then? Like it's the same people reaching out. Um, so yeah. then I just wrote a song about it cause I'm petty. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> I would love to hear that song. I'm sure it's great. I'm sure it's on Spotify. <laughs> oh, I'm going to listen to it. There'll be a link podcast. in the show notes as well for that too. <laughs> yeah. I would love to listen to that. But yeah, I mean, I think what you're saying, like, it's one of those things like, yeah, you got rejected three times, like from the voice, but you never know, like maybe the fourth time they reach out. Like, I still don't think it's worth you next time being like, no, they reject me three times. I'm not going to because people try so hard to finally reach their goals. And like, you don't know the behind the scenes. Like, I feel like whenever people say like, oh my God, she's an overnight success or Mm -hmm. you don't see the behind the scenes like yeah it's usually not an overnight success it's usually so much work that went into it so many rejections that went into it that you just don't see and then you just see the success story and you're like oh she's overnight like I actually saw a quote from Lizzo who she was like people say I'm an overnight success and this is not the quote verbatim but something like this it was like people say I'm not an overnight success but I've been working at this for like four years like it's something like that like it was something like I am not an overnight success. Like I put in the work. You guys just found me now. Like that's not, that's not my fault. So I think that that's something that you should think like people can think of when dealing with rejection is we don't see rejection of successful people because they weren't successful yet, you know, but right. It's there. Like it's, it's there. Definitely not one success story has like, Oh, it was just a straight linear uphill battle, like uphill climb. Like that's, 
that's never the case. Right. And rejection has always like pushed me. It just makes me want to do it even more. Cause yeah. I'm like, well, yeah. now I have to prove you wrong. Like now I have, <laughs> yeah. now I have to say, okay, well you didn't want me. That's fine. I'll just make it like happen myself. That's so. that Aries energy right that there. That is my Aries energy. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how I feel. We got rejected from like these accelerators and I'm like, okay, fine. You don't, we don't need you. Like, yeah, we'll, exactly. Like we'll just, we'll figure it out. Like, we'll do it better. Yeah. Too. Do it better. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be done better. <laughs> I'll see I'll have your call in like two years. I'll wait for it. Like, exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. And I think like too, um, especially like in my line of work, since I am a filmmaker, like I am so used to hearing no. I, I'm very aware mm-hmm. that I'm going to hear a thousand no's before I ever hear one yes. And so with me, when I try to like take rejection and turn it into a redirection, I almost like think of every like applicant, like every meeting with an agent or every meeting like with um, a producer or a manager or whatever it may be, or like someone just watch my film, please. Hi. Um, like, it's just like, if you don't like it, like, it's just like another audition in a way. Like, it's just more practice. It's just like, you know, another thing to get underneath my belt. It's just a way to like, kind of, you know, how an athlete would do like laps and things like that. I don't know. I was never an athlete, so I don't know what they do. Me <laughs> you do a lot of running. Okay. There you go. So it's just like more running for me. It's just like- yeah. running up hills. Yeah. So yeah, that, I mean, that's what rejection is. It's a nose or uphill battles. So there you go. They are. <laughs> they, they really are. Like it's always, and like not one person doesn't deal with it. We just don't think it because people aren't publicizing it. Yeah. Are there any like rituals or like routines that you have implemented like into your life to help like dealing? Cause I know it's so easy to deal like with imposter syndrome, especially when you said like, you know, I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've dealt with it since like you you're like, I don't know how to make an app. And you're like trying to come into this tech world. And it's like, are you like, how do you like battle that imposter syndrome and like remind yourself that like, you know, what you're doing is still valid and like what you're like, who you are as a person is still valid. Yeah. I mean, for me, I definitely deal with it all the time. And I think it's just, I think imposter syndrome also comes from caring about what other people think. Like, I think at the end of the day, it's like, what are people are not going to take me seriously or like people are not going to think that I can do this. So for me, I just like pretty much try to ignore what people think about me in the sense of like, I'm not going to listen to that. I am not going to care. Like if their opinion, good or bad, is not going to affect me. Like, I don't want even, like, their praise to affect me, and I don't want the negative comments to affect me. Like, Mm. I want to be level-headed the entire time. So I think that helps with imposter syndrome because it makes me think less about what other people are thinking so I can really just focus on myself and not deal with the noise. But I think also imposter syndrome I feel like we think that everyone has it all figured out and we don't you know it's like oh my god I don't have it all figured out but everyone else does no one does I actually today was just on a call with the ex-CTO of MySpace so the former CTO of MySpace I was so nervous to talk to him he was one of the people I, I like forced myself to reach out to five people a day and he was one of them and he responded and he wanted to set up a call so he has raised like over a hundred million dollars in funding, like with his companies, like he's like, wow, CEO of a company right now. Like he's just absolutely genius was the old CTO of MySpace. I was like, (laughs) Oh, that's cool. Um, but he's like so, so, so genius. And he was telling us the advice that he was giving us. It was kind of just like life advice that he was giving us. And he was like, it's never say that you are an expert in anything because anyone who claims that they are an expert is just like bullshitting you. He's like, Hmm. I always 
walk in like he's like I always say like every single time he's like raised money or every single time he, like he was telling us he's like you don't know everything and don't act like you know everything because you don't you know like I don't know anything he's like we no one knows what they're doing no one <laughs> it is all just like getting by he's like so oh, don't like yeah he's like just humble yourself when you're like talking to people like no one wants someone that's like oh I know everything and I'm so great and blah 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 blah, blah. he's like people want authenticity and they want relatability. Like you don't need to know everything to have a good idea. Like no one does. Literally no one does. And everyone knows that. Like everyone that has started a company knows that you don't know anything when you're starting. So he's like, just don't claim to be an expert. Don't claim like, you know, everything. Like honestly, just like be honest with the people that you're talking to. Like be honest with the people that you're interacting with and like be authentic because at the end of the day, none of us know what we're doing. So it's it's fine and I was like coming from you that actually means a lot like yeah Yeah. but I think that's great like staying humble and like almost like having that vulnerability sense to it it's like hey like I don't have everything together I um I don't know what I'm doing it's very vulnerable and I think more people are going to be attracted to that energy when you put that out there because it makes you not think that you like have this huge ego and that you know you know, well, no matter, no matter what I say to them is not going to matter. Like apparently they already know what they're doing. So like, what do I matter? Like, why do they need me then if they, you know, if they know everything they're doing, but it's like, we all probably need somebody, especially when you're starting a business. I mean, like I can only relate to me as like a director um, for films. Like whenever I'm a director, like I never like to be the smartest person in the room. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody that I hire is like my department heads. Like I want them to all be smarter than me because that's the re- I hired you for a reason. Like right. if I was truly smarter than you, then I would never have hired you then. Like I don't need you clearly. Like, um, and being humble and being more vulnerable, like in those scenarios, I think makes people like also like a better like boss in a way too, totally. because you're just more relatable and you're able to connect, I think, with more people around you when you do that. Totally. Um, so is there, but like back to like the, also the original question, is there anything that you're doing like currently like in like your life that like keeps you kind of humble and keeps you like not getting yeah. lost like in the clouds and everything? Something that I really strongly believe in is that no work is beneath you. So to also stay humble, it's like you have to do work that is you don't want to do or you have to do work that's like maybe you think like oh that's not your job like no 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 you can still do it and also being flexible in your job and being accommodating and being an easy person to work with all of that I think keeps you humble because the second that you get a big head and you're like "Mm, I'm not gonna do that like I'm above that or oh well like I'm not gonna treat them with respect because I'm like let's even say with like influencer stuff like if I'm like oh I'm the talent and like I'm the one with the followers like I'm gonna be like a rude bitch when I'm working with these people like that's not that is literally never gonna get you anywhere like I always hate when people have like an attitude or they think that they're better than people or they think that they're better because they have followers or they they think like oh if they're like in a high position then they shouldn't do like a job that's beneath them like I just hate that so much so I think always like I will always live by that mantra is like the never one always be respectful but also and like be very kind no matter who you're talking to but never like think anything is beneath you like nothing is beneath you like we're all people at the end of the day like if you have to do something do something like I just I I don't know like don't be mean while you're doing it like be nice <laughs> literally had this conversation earlier today yes. with somebody <laughs> like, it's, really I, yeah like I was talking to um 
uh, Nell Scoville, who was the creator of Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Um, I was talking to her like on Zoom today. <laughs> um, That's cool. And- <laughs> you know, just a casual Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> the film industry. But like, um, she, we were just talking about like, you know, entry level jobs, like getting into the industry and everything. And she's like, everybody like always thinks when you have a master's degree or when you have any degree that you are above the mailroom. But, like, that is the place that so many people come from. Like, Lena Waithe came from the mailroom. Like, a lot of people start off, like, working, like, just delivering mail, like, in the agency's office. And, like, you make, like, so many connections with other people who are starting off just like you are. And you almost, like, make, like, this little network in a way that you're going to promote people and, like, boost each other up. And, like, I have a master's degree and I have paid a lot of fucking money for it. But, like, um, if somebody offers me the mailroom job at Universal Studios, I will happily take that job because it's a job, one. Um, second, right. like, there's just so many different people that you can meet um, and just taking advantage and, like, seeing, I think, the silver lining in those situations is a lot better than only thinking, like, okay, I'm in this situation and I'm only going to look at the negative aspects. Like, I'm so much better than this. Like, I just, I should be somewhere else. Like, I'm better than this kind of thing. I'm more qualified, blah, 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 blah. But like, I think trying to find like that silver lining and like the sunshine in it is right. a lot more happier mindset than only solely focusing on that negative. Mm-hmm. I completely agree. Like you said, like a job is a job. Like if you want to make those connections, you're going to work that job that you might not need a master's for, but it doesn't matter. And like, yeah, I completely agree with that. Like, I think that's a way to humble yourself is by realizing, like, don't think of it like, oh, I can't do that because I'm, like, above that. Like, no, you can do whatever. Like, it's literally, like, you are a person just like the person that's working in the mailroom. Like, you literally equal. Yeah. Literally, like, we're all human. We're all equal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Um, so, I would love to ask you, like, what do you think has been the most valuable part with dealing with rejection and I guess you can you can specifically relate it to your app if you want to um because like we just said like it's easy to only focus on the negatives but like how do you like to view like the most valuable part of it I would say the most valuable part of rejection I would say is like that it the drive that you can do better you know kind of like we were talking about how like when you get rejected you want to do more Mm -hmm. I think it honestly like fuels me more than anything I'm like okay, if I got rejected, then I'm going to work so much harder to prove them wrong. And I think that like fire that it gives you is really valuable. And something a little more tangible, I guess, would be like the feedback given from it. Like Mm -hmm. there's some rejection that is deserved, you know, like it's like you might not have the best idea because you need to tweak some things. So, or like maybe you didn't do the best job at presenting it. And like, I'm not going to sit here and say every single time you get rejected, you don't deserve it. Like I think a lot of times, like maybe you do like that's not but it's not a bad thing you know like it's like so I think it's one of those things that's like a more specific I guess valuable lesson or thing from it could be like the feedback that you get and like it's only making you better like it's only making you better because you can only improve from there so not only just like the fire under your belt but like the the feedback that you get to improve I think is really valuable yeah I think um for me I try to like look at like, and I don't know if it's different for you either, um, trying to look at like what, like, okay, like clearly this door was not meant for me in a way and trying to find like what other door that like the universe or God or whoever is trying to like lead me to and what lessons I can take from this. Um, mm-hmm. And I, But I definitely agree with the fire thing, especially like 
when it comes to dating because like um if you reject me that only makes me want to like level up and get like hotter and like lose so much more weight and like you know get lash extensions or whatever that's not the only reason I have lash extensions now or whatever but um, <laughs> I got rejected by a guy I immediately went out and got like a brow lamination got like lash extensions I got a haircut I was like mm, yeah you're gonna regret this you were going to regret this I know um, it's like after a breakup and you're like I'm gonna go dye my hair I'm gonna <laughs> me like chopped I like chopped off my locks after a breakup Your obviously locks. I have locks now because I'm in a relationship <laughs> yeah oh I've done that too I got a nose ring and chopped off my hair after I broke up with my boyfriend got a nose ring and chopped off well, I didn't chop off my hair this time I just got my nose my nose pierced yeah yeah well, it's we're like, both Aries, so it makes we sense. Are. Yeah, <laughs> God, it's like chaotic energy. Like, my God. <laughs> Wait, what's your moon? Do you know your moon? Um. Okay, so I'm – let me pull it up. I know two of them are Aries. I thought mm. I was a triple Aries at one point, and oh, then I found oh, out Oh, God. <laughs> so Good, let I me – But, like, you have such calming energy yes. for you to have you, like, a triple Aries. There's got to be something grounding in there. <laughs> That's – so funny. Hold on. Let me pull it up really quick. I, I don't I love that I'm pulling it up. First of all, I'm pulling it up on Snapchat because you know how Snapchat has like the <laughs> memories. The, no, no, they have a new no, feature now. Wait, what? Astrology. Yes. Snapchat has oh, a whole new now. feature now on Snapchat. You can see how often I'm on Snapchat. <laughs> all right. Okay. So memories. my sun is in Aries. Okay. okay. My moon is in Aries. And my rising is in Taurus. That Ooh, that Taurus is working like extra Taurus. hard to like ground you. <laughs> Yeah, it says when meeting people, you're pleasant and patient, but sometimes a bit guarded, which is definitely true. And then the moon says your emotional nature is direct, passionate, and highly excitable, which means that you are quickly attracted to people and things that catch your eye, which is also true. I feel like when people meet me, I'm like very calm and I'm like, like quiet and reserved and then like my boyfriend gets like this whole other side of me. and he's like, <laughs> like oh he's like you just like I'll like go on my rant or I'll get it'll be literally like seven in the morning and I'm like oh my god like blah blah blah, blah. and he's like can you I like I'm not as I'm not awake I'm like <laughs> like good morning <laughs> hello hi yeah. I guess we're yes. awake now yeah, <laughs> yeah. that was so literally funny. me with my ex like he was an Aquarius but like we, he would wake up in the morning and just be like go on this whole spiel because he was like a doctor and would go on this whole like medical <laughs> spiel and I'm like it's 7 a.m like I don't yeah. know half of the words you're saying right now but okay yeah, I just have to leave the room because my boyfriend's like shut up <laughs> I know yeah no he Stop. like turned like it's like if me, like, he had a morning. remote yeah he would just he just does not listen he just like it's turn like, turn you down <laughs> yeah literally he like won't respond or I could talk and like be talking for like 30 minutes and not realize I'm the only one talking like I'll this be like when I'm in my podcast. rant this when is, I'm in my rant, I'm like yes, on and on and yes. on and on and on. Yeah. It's this fast. is why we all have a podcast, though. Yes. It makes so much more sense. Speaking of the podcast, though, um, because I do want to, I want, do want to talk about that. And that was a great transition. Uh, <laughs> you interview um, different like entrepreneurs and influencers. Can you talk a little bit about that for like anybody who has never listened to your podcast? Yeah. So I interview mainly entrepreneurs, any business owners, um, influencers, Anyone really that has like a cool job or a cool story, it doesn't even have to be work related, but a cool story, I want to interview them. So like I've interviewed people like I've interviewed a middle school teacher, you know, because I'm like, I want to hear what it's like to be a middle school teacher. Like middle schoolers suck, you know? So like <laughs> she's also my my best friend. So that's also why I was interviewing oh, her. But it. you know, like I don't really it doesn't necessarily need to be the coolest job. I just want to hear like the story behind it and hear what inspires you or anything inspirational. So um, that's how I like choose who I interview, but it is, it's 
shifted mainly towards entrepreneurs, I will say. I think it used to be more of a mix and now it's definitely more entrepreneurial, which makes sense with like where I'm at in my life right now. But yeah, yeah, I love interviewing people and uh, like about their businesses and how they got started and like hearing the real, real, not the highlight reel. So I want to talk about your failures, about the ups and downs, about maybe things that you don't don't normally share. Like I want to ask questions that maybe you don't hear from a typical interview. So that's kind of like what my podcast is and it goes up every Monday. I love it. Perfect. So (laughs) before we let you go, um, I do have like one more question for you and it's kind of like how we wrap up every episode, which is basically like a survival tip that we like to leave everybody with. It kind of like wraps up everything. And so um, I guess what would be like your biggest takeaway with how to handle either like imposter syndrome or rejection and like just trying to start your life in that way? What would your survival tip be? Um, I would definitely say to like block out the noise and like don't worry about what people think and just put your head down and like work. Like stop over planning. Like let's say you're trying to start something. Like don't plan for the perfect time or don't plan for when the perfect time that people aren't going to like think this is weird. Like just freaking do it and like do not care what people think. Don't worry about if you fail because if you fail, so what? You'll learn. Like what, you know, so I always think like that's like the best way to look at life is just do it and like put your head down work don't care about what people think like that's always what I try to do in my life with no matter what I'm starting or doing or anything like that I love that because I have um I heard a quote once I don't know who said it but it was almost like um I try not to think about what other people think about me because that's none of my business what they think about me and trying yeah, to like that. keep that in mind like whatever your opinion is of me like it's that's literally none of my business. it's none of my business that is all mm-hmm. you and most of the time if somebody has a negative opinion about you it's because they're projecting their own insecurities oh, 100% and also like i always think like if i do not like everybody so why do i expect everyone to like me like it's also <laughs> so like honestly true. yes like i've never thought about that to, <laughs> like you don't need to like me it's just don't be like you don't need to publicize that you don't like yeah. me, but like, exactly. you don't need to like tell me that you don't like me, but like, you don't have to like me. Like, that's not my job to make you like me. Yeah. Like, you know, so I think that's another way to think about it is like, there's so many people that you might not like. And the difference is maybe you're not sharing it. You know, you're not like commenting on their Instagramming like, I don't like you, you suck, whatever. But like, you don't have to like people. So I don't know. I, I tried, I saw that quote, actually, I think like yesterday it was like, I don't even like everyone. So why do I want everyone to like me? And I was like, that is so true. Yeah. God, (laughs) as much as I ran about how shitty most of the guys are that I've dated on this podcast, like I, why do I expect that every man in the world likes me? Like honestly, like that is, (laughs) that is my new 2021 dating mindset that I'm taking into the world today. There you go. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. But you're fine if they don't and you're fine if they do. It's it's like the level headedness. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on our show today, Natalie. It has been such a pleasure to chat with you and everything. Before we let you go, I want to let you um, promote yourself, shout out wherever people can follow you, um, all your businesses. Go ahead. The floor is yours. Thanks. Yeah, this is so fun. I also feel like I'm so sorry if I rant ranted on tangents or didn't fully answer questions. I think sometimes I like try to answer a question in my head and then it just like, I don't answer. Like I'll like look back and I'm like, I never answered that question. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, sorry if that happened today, but You're good. you can find me at Natalie Barbu on social, um, like Instagram, YouTube. Um, you can find me at the Real Real Podcast for my podcast, We Bloom Social and Rella Social. So many socials. So yeah, 
That's where you are the social queen. Thank you so, so much. Um, It's been a pleasure and we will leave all of the links to um, all of her social media and uh, everything, all We Bloom Social's website, all that will be linked in the show notes for you guys to go and check out, give her a follow, listen to her podcast and um, give her some love. And so that does it for today's episode of The Gals Guide. Make sure to follow us on Instagram at The Gals Guide Pod. Also like us on Facebook at The Gals Guide and become a Gal Scout in our Facebook community. You can also hit us up on our website, thegalsguidepod.com and our personal social media, which will be linked in the show notes. Also, please leave us a review on iTunes. It really does help us out. So thanks for listening, gals, and we hope you come back for our next journey. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.